I'm going to get into something um, today, and I'm going, to, I'm going to talk today on don't give the devil a day. And many people do give the devil a day, and I'm not going to talk like many times people think I will talk about, talking about this time of the year, Halloween, all of those kind of things. Halloween is, is a day when many Christians go nuts. I mean, they lose their joy, they lose their peace, you know, they lose everything. And, uh, you know, the last time I checked, the devil didn't make any day. Right. Amen. Amen. The last time I checked, uh, my Bible lets me know that over in Psalms 118 and, and verse 24, that this is the day the Lord has made. It is amazing how many Christians will forfeit their joy over one day of the year. They go nuts. They lose their joy. They lose their peace. They get all fearful and all of those kind of things over one day of the year. Let me tell you, I'm not giving the devil any days of my life. Amen. Every day is the day that the Lord has made. I tell you, when I get up on the 31st of October, I don't get all fearful. I don't, you know, get into intercessory prayer all day. Because, you know, there's going to be occultic activity going on and all of those kind of things. I lift my hands and start worshipping my God. Amen. And I'm telling you, we are people who walk with God. What a privilege that is. Don't give the devil any days of your life. Amen. I'm telling you, there's a preach on me this morning. Praise God. I know when God drops a message in me and he dropped this in me yesterday. And, uh, you know, I usually teach... And I'll probably teach a few things out, you know what I mean? Teaching and preaching are different. Preaching is more, you know, inspiration. But it's scripture. It's like the headlines. But teaching is more depth. But I tell you, I know when God drops a certain word in, in my heart, and this is a preaching message today, amen? Praise God. This is the day that the Lord has made. And it didn't say one day of the year the devil made it. No, he says, this is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice. Amen. And I will be what? Glad in it. I'm not going to be sad tomorrow. Amen. I'm not going to be depressed tomorrow. Let me tell you, I'm going to be glad tomorrow. I'm going to rejoice in God tomorrow. Praise God. And I taught my kids to have joy every day. I didn't make Halloween a miserable day for my kids and teach them fear. I have never taught my kids fear. And as a result, they don't live in fear. Yeah. You know, from our kids were younger, or from, they were young from, they were basically the first few months that they were born. Let me tell you, we, we, we had our children in their own room, in the dark at night, sleeping. Do you know why? Because we didn't teach our kids to be afraid of the dark. Amen. We didn't teach them to be afraid of the dark. And you know, to this day, get that light off. I'm away to sleep. They're afraid of nothing, my kids. Do you know why? Because we didn't instill fear in them. When it came to Halloween, we didn't even tell them about anything until they got to an age where they started to ask questions and ask, what is this all about? Why do we not do the things that other people do? Then we began to explain them. Because what do we do? We always just magnify Jesus every day. And then we didn't magnify the devil. And I'm telling you, as kids get a bit older, then you can explain to them. But you know what? I tell you, I thank God for what you are doing tomorrow night. Because you know what it is? It's giving the children something to do. Instead of sitting at home being told, be miserable, it's the 31st of October. No, let them come in here and have more fun in here than they'll have out there. 
Amen. We done it for years in church. We did it. We made sure the kids got more when they came to church than they did anywhere else. Let me tell you, as, as ch uh, children of God, they don't lack. Amen. Our children shouldn't lack for serving God. Our children should have so much that other kids are saying, we want to have what you have. Yeah. Amen. And that's the way it should be. Praise God. But this is the day the Lord has made. I'll rejoice and be glad in it. But I was so thankful to come into church this morning because I tell you, we praise God in here this morning. Do you know who was magnified in here this morning? Jesus. That's the way we're meant to live our lives, magnifying Jesus. Every day of our lives, magnifying the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. I've heard people say things like this here when it comes to Halloween and all. They'll get up and you see Facebook posts and all of this kind of stuff. Now you see people will be saying, you know what, I feel so oppressed today. Do you know what, today, tomorrow I'm not going to feel oppressed. Do you know why people feel oppressed on Halloween? Because they magnify Halloween. That's why. Do you see if you talk about fear and all of those things non-stop? Do, you know, do you know what you bring? you bring? You bring the atmosphere that Satan brings. That's what you bring. And then people say, I feel oppressed. You know what? You can feel it in the atmosphere. Well, I'm telling you, the Bible says that God inhabits the praises of His people. See, if you're praising God, you won't feel oppressed. What are you going to feel? You're going to feel heaven's presence around you. I mean, you know, heaven's not going to be miserable tomorrow. Amen. Amen. Heaven's praise and worship constantly. The angels are flying around the throne of God right now saying, Holy, holy, holy. Coming around again. Holy, holy, holy. Coming around again. Holy, holy, holy. Christians are feeling oppressed. <laughs> Amen. Let me tell you, we need to have heaven's atmosphere in our lives. Amen. Yeah. Yo, you get up tomorrow and you praise God from you get out of bed to you go to bed tomorrow night. I'm telling you, you won't feel oppressed. You'll feel the atmosphere of heaven. Amen. What did Paul and Silas do in their darkest hour? What did they do? They prayed and they sang praises to God. Amen. And God showed up in the prison. And I'm telling you, God can show up anywhere in your life. If you just start praising God, let me tell you, the atmosphere of heaven will start to invade where you are. Just as Jenny was saying there a moment ago, God is present. Amen. He's present with us. But when we get our eyes on Him, we start to avail of Him. We start to experience His presence, His manifested presence um, around us. Amen. Let me read this verse out as well. In Psalms 31 and verse 1, it says, I will bless the Lord at all times. All times is? All times is all times. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise. Praise God. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. You know, you have to do it. Now when it says I'll bless the Lord, that is the same as in Acts chapter 13 as whenever they ministered unto the Lord. And then you know when you minister unto the Lord, God will start speaking. Do you know why? Because the atmosphere of heaven is created. They ministered unto the Lord. How do you minister unto the Lord? You start praising Him. You start magnifying Him. You start blessing Him. 
You start speaking about how great he is, how awesome he is. God, you're a good God. I thank you for saving me. I thank you for loving me. You're such a gracious God. You're such a loving God. Lord, you're so wonderful. This was sung this morning. What was that song? You're, um, you're like the first of 10,000. You're more beautiful than thousands. I can't remember the actual wording of it this morning. But there's no one like you is really what we're saying. You know what? You're a good God. You love me. Do you know what that does? That blesses God. It's speaking well of God. Amen. And when it says here, his praise, the word there for praise it means really to rave on and on and on. It's a spontaneous type of praise. So when you bless God and His praise, when you rave on and on and on about God, Amen. His praise shall continually be in your mouth. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. That's another word for praise. That's the word uh, Billy was um, referring to earlier, where it talks about there to, um, to be calamitously foolish, to shine, to boast, to rave, to celebrate. Amen. Amen. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. Look at this here. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Do you know what magnify means? Magnifying means to enlarge. Do you know what you focus on enlarges in your life? If you focus on the devil, you know the devil's going to be really big in your life. If you focus on demons, demons are going to be really big in your life. You become demon conscious. And I have met a lot of demon conscious people over the years. They talk more about the devil than they do about Jesus. The devil is some big guy. And Jesus, you know what? You really have to work him up to do something. But the devil's massive. They can hear everything the devil says, but they can't hear one thing God says. They're always saying the devil said. But then he asked them, what did God say? I don't know. Find it hard to hear from God, but boy, they can hear from the devil. Do you know why? Whatever you magnify in your life gets bigger. Amen. Let me tell you, magnify Jesus. Jesus is massive. You know, I often share with people when I got saved, there was a, a guy um, that I was around a bit, and he seen demons and everything. Everything was a demon. And he was so fearful. He was the most fearful Christian I ever met in my life. But he was saved. But he magnified demons. Do you know why? He listened to more teaching on demons than he did on who he was in Christ. And if you listen to more teaching on demons than you do on to who you are in Christ, you will not know who you are, but you will sure know who the devil is. Amen. The devil will be big in your life. And I'm telling you, he's seen demons everywhere. It didn't matter where. Every time I talk, I talk to him, he's seen demons. And I believe he was seeing things because he was so focused on it. And he was seeing things in his garden. He was seeing things in his house. And you know what? He was so focused on it. I've never had those experiences. I've had experiences with demons. But boy, they, they were the ones shifting, not me. Amen. Amen. Praise God. 
You know, we've had several times, myself and Donna, we were called to a house there um, not too long ago, a few years ago. And this is not things that, um, you know, somebody just was pranking us or whatever. I mean, these are people we know. These are people, you know, that we are aware of. They had everything moving in their house. I mean, everything was moving. But I'm telling you, when we showed up, that was the end of it. Amen. You know, we weren't looking for demons. Let me tell you, as a believer, we're not meant to be running around looking for demons. We deal with demons when they show up. They show up in our path. You deal with it. You move on. But we are looking on to Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Not on demons. And yet demons are very, very real. And there is lots of um, activity. You know, I can remember whenever I got saved. Um, I got saved in 1993. Then I became a youth leader not, not long you know, after that. In the next year or so, I became a youth leader in a church. And, um, and I can remember one Halloween night, we had a, just a thing for the youth. We had a bit of a party. Just it was uh, f- fun. We praised and we worshipped God. We had a great night of just praise and center and things around Jesus. But I can remember doing a talk that night. And I talked on, on Halloween and all the roots of it and all the rest of it and everything. And, uh, you know, it is, it is a, a pagan festival. There's all of those roots there. And you know what? I'd I, I, I done a lot of that research and all of the thing at the time. But you know what I found at the time? It was sucking me in. Because the more I read about it and studied things on it, you know what, the more I wanted to know more and I wanted to know more and I wanted to know more. Do you know what happened? My Bible was left to the side. And yes, I studied all of those things and I taught on it and all the rest of it. And and, um, it was a good night for young people and all of that. But all of the research I done, it took me a lot of time. I went to the library and got out books on witchcraft and all of this kind of stuff. I read up on anything. I read more than I don't. I'm not a big reader of a lot of books, like secular books and stuff. Um, I usually just read and study and study the word. But I went to the library. I got everything I could get my hands on. And do you know what happened? I was reading really fast, one after another after another, laying in bed at night reading these things. But as a young believer, and I felt it sucking me in bit by bit by bit to the point where I went. I just one night I was in bed and I just went, "That is it." And I just closed the book and I said, "I'm not reading any of it anymore." Do you know why those things are, um, are appealing? Because the Bible tells us over in Galatians chapter 5 that the works of the flesh, one of them is witchcraft. Okay? And the word there for witchcraft is pharmacia, where we get our word drugs. And you can tell when you look at witchcraft over the years, there's potions and all of that kind of stuff. That's where it comes from. Um, and you know what? But it's a, the point I'm saying is this. It is a work of the flesh. You see, your flesh, there's something about your flesh that is attracted to certain things. You know, not everybody's attracted to all the same things, but it's still flesh. Some people are more attracted towards the sexual things. Some people are more attracted towards the anger things and the hatred things and all of those kind of things. And then there's other people, they're more attracted toward like the supernatural and things like that. And that's why there's so many things you can look today on social media and YouTube and all them things. You can watch all the theories about UFOs. You can watch all the theories about aliens. You can watch all the theories about the paranormal. You can watch all of those kind of things. And there's something in your flesh that's attracted to it. But you know what? When people go down that road and down that road, what they do is they open up the door for then the demonic and it goes from just a fleshly thing to then it opens up the door for the devil then to get a stronghold there and get in on a person's life. But it starts off with a flesh because it's appealing to the flesh. 
Because here's the thing, in all of us, there is a hunger for the supernatural. Amen. And if you don't go down the path of looking for it in God, there's a chance people will then look for it in the occult. But what I'm bringing out, uh, and not just saying this, is that I was spending my time for that period of time focusing on the wrong thing. But I'm so thankful for when I got back to being refreshed and focusing on Jesus. The joy came again. The fear left. All of those kind of things. The peace came back in. Instead of thinking the wrong thing and all of the things that were going on. I got my mind back on Jesus again. Amen. And I stopped the fear that was trying to come with all of that. Left. Amen. Praise God. And I'm telling you, you see, as a believer, you don't have to live in fear of anything. People say, oh, there's, there, there, there's witches and they're going to be doing this, that and the other tomorrow night. Yes, there will be. And that's been going on for thousands of years. But let me tell you, as a believer, you can't curse what God has blessed. Amen. 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 You cannot curse what God has blessed. People will get fearful because of what other people are saying and doing and chanting and all of that kind of stuff. Not, not the kids coming around the doors. I'm talking about real things that happen. Okay? Most of the kids coming around the door don't even know what they're going around as. They're dressed up as, you know what, as princesses and everything coming around the door. But behind the scenes, there's other deeper things going on. But I, I'm telling you... Um, I can remember people came one time to us, this was years ago, and told us that there's a coven not too far from where I was living of witches and they are trying to put um, curses and all of this kind of thing on Christian families. And somebody came to me and said, you know, what do you think about all of that? I says, I couldn't care less what to say because God's word in my mouth is stronger than their word in their mouth. And I'm not going to have what they say. I have what I say. Amen. And I'm saying what God says about me. And the Bible says that you can't curse what God has blessed. I never lived in fear of those things. People live in fear of those things. But you'll only live in fear of those things if you don't know who you are in Christ. Amen. You're a king's child today. Blessed. Favored of God. Now, there is occultic things, okay? Like you can look at like through the Bible, there's there's occultic practices, okay? And it's good to know these things as believers, not to major on them, not to focus on them, but there is these things because they're out there. Here's a couple of the practices, and I'll not spend a lot of time with these. Um, but enchantments. Enchantments, uh, these are things that are listed in the Bible, okay? Like for instance, let me just read this out here. Deuteronomy 8, 18 verse 10. It says, There shall not be found among you anyone that maketh his son or his daughter to pass through the fire, or uses divinations, or observers of times, or enchanters, or a witch, or a charmer, or a consulter with familiar spirits, or a wizard, or a necromancer. Okay? Now you can find all of these. That's just one verse. I could show all of these in Scripture. All of these things are in Scripture. Um, but there's enchantments, which means magic spells. Um, there's sorcery, which again is, is practice of magic, okay? Um, this is not somebody who pulls a rabbit out of a hat, okay? This is, there is actual sorcery. You see it back in Egypt. You see it in Babylon. You see it all through Scriptures. There's divinations, which is like an oracle, a, a divine sentence. Um, it's trying to, you know, um, 
foresee the future and things like, like that. Um, there's soothsaying, which is fortune telling. I tell you, you don't have to go too far to see people doing fortune telling. There's people do it every night on Facebook. Um, I can remember whenever I looked up um, all of these things in Scripture, and that was in, um, I spent a lot of time looking these up because I was teaching on the gifts of the Holy Ghost. And these are counterfeits to the gifts of the Holy Ghost, okay? Um, but uh, this was one Monday night I sat um, flicking through Sky TV, and this was in 19, or sorry, 2009. And I found nine channels that night that had occultic practice on. I'm not talking about a film or something. I was I haven't flicked through all Sky Channels in years, but I just sat and I flicked through them all. And there was people reading your cards. There was people doing all of those kind of things. And there was nine channels back then. Now with social media, Facebook, all of the things you can... But as, as foretelling, fortune telling, there's familiar spirits. And sad to say, many times people who operate and say they're moving in the gifts of the Holy Ghost, sometimes they're moving in familiar spirits. Let me tell you, though, the Holy Ghost isn't interested in playing games with people's lives. He's not interested in saying things like, you know what, um, I know how much money you have in your wallet or something like that. The Holy Ghost is not playing games like that. The Holy Ghost is interested in people's lives being changed. You see people do those things on television who aren't Christians. They do things like that and they can tell you right down to the, the serial numbers and everything on your medication and everything. They, can, they You know what? They're familiar spirits because they're demon spirits that are familiar that know things about your life. But you know what? I don't care if they know things about my life. God knows more. Amen. <laughs> Not thinking about it. But I'm just saying they're familiar spirits. And many times when people go to things to find out, you know, or to try and contact the dead and all of this kind of things, really what they're getting is familiar spirits. Now, then there is, um, they're like um, um, practices. Then there are like offices. And that is like number one is a necromancer. You see that in the Word of God. And they are people, you know, that deal with the dead and all of those kind of things. That's why, you know, you, people do those things. Ouija boards and all of that kind of things. They go to see people that can, mediums. Amen. I'm an extra large, but people go to see a medium. Okay. <laughs> people go to see a, a medium to find out, you know, they, they think they're contacting a family member or a loved one. And, you know, there's people that are desperate. You know, any of us that have faced loss, you know, it's a horrible thing. Some people are so desperate, they will try anything to contact the dead. But the reality of it is, is they're not contacting who they think they're contacting. It's a familiar spirit that is able to tell them what. And what happens is, um, the Bible lets us know that it opens up the door for things. Okay, but I'm just saying these things happen. They are out there. But what are we going to do? We're going to magnify the Lord. Amen. There's astrolo uh, astrology. Not astronomy. Astronomy is the study of the stars. Astrology is looking to the stars to direct your future. And you can trace that all back to Babylon um, and the Tower of Babel. Um, there's observer of times. That's for, fortune telling again. Soothsaying. Um, there's um, um, pro prognostication. Which, these are all in the Bible. That's to do with omens and all of those kind of things. Superstition, we would say. You know, Ireland, over the years, has been a very superstitious country. You know what, you break a mirror, seven years of bad luck. I stick a hammer through one on purpose and just say, I'm blessed. 
Amen. You won't walk under a ladder. I walk under them on purpose saying I am blessed. I don't live in superstition. You know, don't, you don't pass each other on the stairs. That was the one that was used to do in Ireland. You don't pass each other on the stairs because it's bad luck. I'll pass any. I'll run after you up the stairs. Amen. Friday the 13th, a black cat. All of this kind of stuff. A rabbit's foot. I wasn't lucky for the rabbits. Why are you carrying it? I don't live in luck. I'm blessed. Amen. Amen. They're lucky. I'm not lucky. I'm blessed. Well, people talk about luck. We're not lucky. We're blessed. Well, that was lucky what happened to them. No, I'm blessed. The world think I'm lucky, but I'm blessed. Amen, you're blessed. Amen. A charmer. That's not a fella chatting up a woman, okay? <laughs> He's a queer charmer. <laughs> But it's talking again, it's about, it's about uh, magic practices and magicians. Um, you see now right back in Egypt, um, there are witches, um, which they had done sorcery and soothsaying and enchantments and all those kind of things. And wizards and all of those kind of things. And they are all there. But let me tell you here now, Jesus is bigger than the whole lot of them put together. Amen? Yes, they are there. Yeah, we're not going to have our head in the sand. Yes, we know all what happens. But I'm not going to lose my joy over someone dancing around a fire. You know what? In whatever chicken's blood. And I'm in the blood of Jesus. Why am I going to be afraid of chicken's blood? Amen. We're washed and cleansed by the blood of Jesus. Amen. We take communion today and then live in fear on, on, on one day of the year. Well, that communion lets us know we're in a relationship with God. As Billy said a moment ago, we came in. To, he's the greater one and he brought us in. Amen. Just like David and Jonathan. David had nothing to give. Jonathan was a king's son. But they came in covenant. Praise God, we had nothing to give. We came to God empty. But because of Jesus and His blood, we have an everlasting covenant with God. Amen. And I'm telling you, the devil has no hold on any believer's life whatsoever. The only authority the devil has on a believer's life is the authority that you give him with this. That is it. He doesn't own anything in your life. He's defeated. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Let me tell you, Jesus didn't live in fear of the devil. Jesus put him in his place, all of his ministry. Then died, rose again, dragged him around the heavenlies. Rose victorious with the keys of hell in the grave. Amen. And is seated at the right hand of the Father. But let me tell you, when you make Jesus the Lord and Savior of your life, have a guess where you're seated. At the right hand of the Father in Christ Jesus, far above principalities, powers, might, dominion, and every name that is named. Amen. And the Bible says that Jesus is the head of the church. And all of Jesus' fullness runs right through every part of the body. Let me tell you what that, what that means. One meaning of that is Jesus' victory runs right through every member of the body. Amen. Amen. You're victorious. I don't care. You feel like the skin on the sole of the foot. You are still far above principalities, powers, might, and dominion. And every name that is named. Amen. You have so much 
to be thankful for. You know what? If you want to see a devil, you have to look away, way, way, way down when you take your position in Christ. Because he's not magnified in your life. Jesus is magnified in your life. You are far above him. When he speaks, you hear a wee echo coming up. Oh, 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 it's coming up. <laughs> Amen. But you are seated beside Jesus and my sheep hear my voice. You can hear him clearly because you are focused on Jesus. You are focused on him. You keep your eyes on him. I'm telling you, you're in his presence. You're experiencing him, his joy, his victory. Amen. Amen. Where's the devil? Far beneath your feet. The only reason the devil's voice is so big in people's lives is because they magnify him. Because they see all of these things and they become fearful. Now let me say this here. When Jesus rose from the dead, the Bible says all authority in heaven and earth was given unto him. And he turned around to his church and he said, Go. Go in my authority. Give us his authority. Give us his name. He gave us the keys of the kingdom. Praise God. And he said, go. And here's what he told us to do. He said, go and look for demons. Did he say that? No. That's not what he said. What did he say? Go and preach the gospel. Amen. The good news. Do you know our mission is to preach the gospel to the lost and to teach believers. That's it. That's our mission. Now here's the thing, when you go preaching, Jesus said, in my name cast out demons. You know what that means? If any of them pop their head up, you take it off. But don't go looking for them. Our message is to preach the good news of the gospel. Paul said, if anybody preach any other message than that which we have preached, let him be accursed. What did Paul preach? He preached the gospel of the grace of Christ. Amen. That's what he, he taught. He, in actual fact, you read through the book of um, um, Acts, you will see what they taught. they taught. They taught the grace of God. Amen. They taught that there's no other name under heaven given whereby man can be saved, the name of Jesus. They taught Jesus. Amen. That's what they taught. All through the book of Acts, you can see it. They taught Jesus. They taught the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And they taught the kingdom of God. Amen. They taught the kingdom. A greater kingdom. Do you know what? We don't need to focus on the kingdom of darkness. We just need to focus on our kingdom. Our kingdom is greater. Our job is to manifest the kingdom of God everywhere we go. Amen. Manifest its victory. Manifest its joy. Manifest its peace. Amen. The kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Amen. Manifest it. Manifest the victory that we have in Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen. Praise God. You know, uh, Billy shared earlier, I told you, Billy preached my message today. I praise the Lord. And done everything, the worship and everything was the whole heart of the message. Amen. But you know what, uh, over in Colossians, what Billy started off with today, the Bible says, who has delivered us from the power of darkness. That word power of darkness, it means authority. It means jurisdiction. We have been delivered out of the jurisdiction of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of His dear Son. Amen. Let me put it this way. I don't care what laws they make. 
you know, not per se, you understand what I'm saying? I don't care what laws they make in America or North Korea or any of them all places. Do you know why? It doesn't affect me. I don't live there. Their laws don't affect me because I'm not under it. Amen? When you make Jesus Christ the Lord and Savior of your life, you're not in the kingdom of darkness anymore. That kingdom doesn't affect you. Amen? Doesn't matter what the devil says he's going to do. You say, I don't live there anymore. I've been delivered from the kingdom of darkness and I'm in the kingdom of his dear son. We're already free. Amen. Amen. The problem is many Christians live like this, still are in the kingdom of darkness. They are afraid of the devil and we're not even under his jurisdiction. The Bible said in Ephesians 2, one time we were in that kingdom and we were under the prince of the power of the earth. But we got saved and now we're seated in heavenly places, not even here anymore. That means when the devil speaks, you don't even have to listen. Because he has no say in your life whatsoever. It's a jurisdiction thing. You know, I don't live there anymore. It was like the children of Israel when they were in Egypt. Yeah, we're all in the world, but we're not off the world. The children of Israel were in Egypt, but they weren't off Egypt. And they were in a place called Goshen. And when the plagues were happening in Egypt, they didn't have the plagues in Goshen. Do you know why? It's a type of jurisdiction. Amen. And I'm telling you, you don't have to buy into anything that the devil tries, tries to throw your way. You just say, I'm not a child of the kingdom of darkness. I'm a child of the kingdom of heaven. And learn to align yourself with the kingdom of heaven. And let the kingdom of heaven keep flowing into your life. That's why you don't have to lose your joy. Because you're in the kingdom of God. And there's righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. Amen. God is so good. Now, I, I, let, let me just say this here in closing today. Because you look through the book of Acts, as I, say, I said a moment ago, and you will see, yes, there was demonic activity, but what were they doing? They were preaching the gospel. Demons just got in the road, and they cast them out. As a believer, I'm not looking for demons. I'm looking for souls. If a demon gets in the road, I'll deal with it, and I've had to over the years. I'll tell you, many times demons don't come out like... <laughs> that's what people think sometimes, and that's why they freak out. Let me tell you, there's demons operating in pulpits. Yes. There's demons operating through people in governments. You look at some of the laws that are coming in now, some of the things that are being promoted, that's not God promoting a lot of this stuff. A lot of the sexuality and gender and all of that kind of stuff, that's not from God. We love those people. But I'm telling you, it's not from God. Amen. People are looking for, I'm telling you, when the Antichrist comes in this earth, he's not going to be coming like, he's not going to be like something out of a horror film. He's going to have a suit on. He's going to be a political leader. Sometimes people think, you know what, it's, uh, the, the devil's all like horror films. It's not that, no. Let me tell you, the devil is smart. He's in, infiltrated society in our schools. In, uh, in uh, education, in um, government, making laws. Because if you can change laws in a country, you can affect a nation. And the devil operates through many people. Um, but here's the point in the book of Acts, and you can see us all through the book of Acts. What did they do? 
Paul, or Peter and all at the beginning, they prayed for boldness to preach the word. And what did they do? They said that signs and wonders would be done by the name of thy holy child Jesus. Remember that time the house was shaken where they were? That was in Acts chapter 4. Acts chapter 5, you see that Peter's shadow passing by people and people that were vaxxed with evil spirits. Let me tell you, they were healed. What were they doing? Were they looking for demons? No, they were praying for boldness. They were focused on Jesus. They were preaching the name of Jesus. Boldness to preach the name of Jesus. Magnify the name of Jesus. Amen. That's what we do as believers. When Philip went down to Samaria, what did he preach? He preached Christ. But then there were people that had demon influence on them and he cast them out. But what was his message? Our message is to go into all the world and preach the gospel. It's not to focus on demons. If demons show up, you deal with them. But our message is to preach the gospel. Um, when Paul went down or went to Macedonia, there was a young girl that came and he cast a demon out of her. What was Paul doing? The Bible says Paul was on his way to pray. You see, what are we about? We're about relationship with God. We're about walking with God. What was they're preaching the gospel, staying in communication with God, focusing on Jesus, bringing the gospel to people. That's our, our focus should be bringing the gospel to people. Amen. And then one of the greatest portions of scripture is over in um, Acts chapter 19. And I love this portion of scripture because Paul came to Ephesus and he found 12 people and the first thing he asked them was, he said, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? The first thing he did was get 12 people filled with the Holy Ghost. Then the Bible said that he taught in the school of Tyrannus for two years. He taught the word of God. And then what happened in this area that had a real demonic influence? You know what happened? Revival broke out. A move of God broke out. What were they focusing on? They were focusing on the word of God. As a believer, Paul got people full of the Holy Ghost. And he got people full of the word. So that they would know who they are in Christ. And so that they would have the real power of of God. Amen. And what happened was then revival broke out and there were people who had who were steeped in the occult. And do you know what happened? They got set free. They came and got saved. They took all of their curious arts and their books and their spells and all of them kind of things that had been handed down from generation to generation. And what did they do? They set the whole thing ablaze and they put an end to it. They didn't put an end to it by running after demons. They put an end to it by focusing on Jesus, getting people full of the Holy Ghost, full of the Word. And I'm telling you, the kingdom of God manifested in that area and people seen the real power of God. You see, people are hungry for, for something. Yeah. And when you don't have the real, you look for anything. And what happened was, a move of God broke out. Now here, let me say this here. We preach the gospel to everybody. Do you know in the Old Testament, do you know how you dealt with people in the occult? You stoned them. And some people still have that judgment mentality today. That's why they're full of guilt and condemnation. Let me tell you how we deal with people in the new covenant is we give them the gospel of the grace of God. We give them the good news of Jesus Christ. Amen. And we demonstrate the power of God in, uh, through our lives. 
to the world. Praise God. Let me tell you, people in the occult can get saved. Amen. But they're not going to see a witness when we're terrified of them. They're not going to see a witness when we've lost our joy. Let me tell you, do you know what they see in us? They see a victory in us that they can't get in their kingdom. You know, there was a, a woman, you called her Doreen Irvine, and I can remember reading her book whenever, before I got saved. And she was a witch, and over in the moors of, um, there in, in, in England, um, they were doing all of their magic things and all the rest of it. And she said they were able to make themselves disappear and everything. That was true things, not somebody knocking the door dressed as, you know, um, frozen or something like that. I mean, they were doing, they were doing um, real things. But it was a minister up on the moors up there praying, if I remember the, the right of the whole story. That was the essence of it. And they had tried to do their things on that man, and they wouldn't, it didn't affect him one bit. And they, that woman realized that that man has something that she does not have. And that woman was high up in all of that kind of stuff. But you know what set that woman free? A Christian who knew who they were in Christ, who was walking in their authority in Christ. And I'm telling you, all of her chants couldn't curse what God had blessed. Amen. We don't have to be afraid. There's a good friend of mine. Just know what he does every Halloween. He's a real soul winner, so he is. He says, now they're knocking my door and I'm not knocking theirs. He loves it. Amen. <laughs> he loves it. As he says to me every day, he says, it's great they're knocking my door and I'm not knocking their door. He says, I'm not going to miss an opportunity. And this is a guy that he's funny, he always has a real sense of humor, but I'm telling you, he absolutely loves souls. He goes and he buys stuff, and he, he buys stuff like, um, you know, he'll get like sweets and different things like that there, but he goes and he buys Christian literature, like in kids' form and all of this kind of thing. He buys gifts, he buys all of these kind of things, and he says when they come to my door, he says, I smile, I laugh, I joke with them, and I hand them something. He says, they remember me when they call to my door. And you know what he does? He says it's a great opportunity to share the gospel with people. And he's, he's operating in grace towards people instead of when they call, start condemning them. Start condemning. A wee child hasn't got a clue what's going on. Hasn't a notion, doesn't even know what the occult is. Wouldn't have the foggiest clue what the, 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 the occult is. Doesn't even know. And most people that knock the door don't have a clue. The real things that are happening, they're not happening at the front door. Yet it happens. It's on the fringes of what truly does happen on Halloween. But you know what? Here's, here's the reality of it. He takes every opportunity to, to bring the gospel to people. And that, that man, he's, he, loves, he loves souls. And you know what? It wouldn't matter what it was. It doesn't matter what time of the year something happens. He always is thinking souls. How do I reach people? How do I get the gospel to people? Do you know what? That's, that's our approach when it comes to reaching people in general. It's not, it's our God's greater. He changed my life. He can change yours. Amen. Amen. Praise God. What changed that location? And you know, here's another great thing in that story, just in, in closing. That's the story of the seven sons of Sceva. And that man was a religious leader, and yet he was operating in demonic power. He was a religious leader. 
But here was the thing. They came and they seen what Paul had and they thought, that's great. And they said, we cast out the devil, you know, by Jesus who Paul talks about. And they said, Paul we know, Jesus we know, but who are you? And they jumped, and one demon-possessed man jumped on, on seven, the seven sons and st stripped them half naked. And they left. But I'm telling you, the Bible said of the Word of God in that area, it's, it actually says they, the demon-possessed man prevailed over them. But it said of the Word of God in that area, what Paul was preaching, the Word of God grew mightily and prevailed. Amen. What is the prevailing thing in our lives is the Word of God. Amen. I'm telling you, the devil is no match for the Word of God in your life. None. The most dangerous thing on this planet is a believer who knows who they are in Christ Jesus. Satan doesn't care about an ignorant Christian who knows nothing. But I'm telling you, see a Christian who says, I'm blessed. I'm an overcomer. I'm healed, I'm whole, I'm well. Amen. I'm blessed coming in, I'm blessed going out. Greater is he that is in me than he that's in the world. That terrifies the devil. Amen. Praise God. Are you blessed? Yes. Amen. We used to be told us here, you'd say, are you blessed? How do you know that you're blessed? And some people go, oh, I feel blessed. Feelings have nothing got to do with it. Are you blessed? Every believer should say yes, because the Word says you're blessed. Amen? Whether you feel like it or not. Amen? I'll tell you what, thank God for this church, because that was a great response. Amen? Do you know why? Because in this church, you're told you're blessed. You're told Jesus heals. You're told that God is good. Amen. You're told you're an overcomer. You're told you've been translated from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Are you blessed? Amen. Amen.